I have no idea what that was, but this is the loading screen, and I'm that Nomad Shirt, and I'm back with Bloody Night. Hello, hello. Good evening, good afternoon, yes. good morning. Uh, how are we all doing? Um, yes, another episode of the loading screen. This is the fourth episode. Um, yes, and we have quite a bit to talk about, as always, because there's news every day, and uh, some exciting things to talk about as well. Good news, sir. Yeah, there's this. Look. I was looking today alone, and I was, like, catching up, and there's, like, new Mortal Kombat news, and I was like, oh, my yes. God. And I was like, yeah, no, 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 I can't I can't get sidetracked by all of this, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited <laughs> because Robocop is entering that. But, but, but. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to be, we, we, we've streamlined our process, so we're going to be just touching on the fact that, um, the Last of Us 2 has gone gold. We're talking yep. about Summer Games Fest. We're talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Our favorite Assassin's Creed. And the remake from 03. Wait, no. So oh, one to oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yes. one to 03. Yeah, so first up, just we because we spoke about uh, Last of Us 2 last week so extensively, mm. um, just Touching on the fact that it's finally gone gold, so yeah, as of two just... days ago, I think Neil Druckmann announced on Instagram specifically that the, the yeah. game has gone gold. Um, he was like, "Yeah, we're touching on the fact that you know there's a new release date, which is June nineteenth. Um, was June nineteenth? Yes, June nineteenth. Um, he's but but cool is like the video isn't about that. Is that the fact that the game has gone gold, which means it's finished, it's going to printing, and now it be- begins the run up to release and." All the marketing is just going to come. And speaking of which, there is a new trailer dropping today, uh, which is the 6th of uh, 6th of May, 2020. There's a new trailer coming today. Um, I think it was 7 a.m. PST, which is Pacific Standard Time. I'm not sure what time it is here. I think that's about... It might actually be now. It might be after three. <laughs> it, could, um, it could be. It might uh... be now. I think they are about six hours ahead. Um but anyway, yes, the most important thing there is that The Last of Us 2 has gone gold. And I'm so excited, despite having parts of the game spoiled for me, I'm so excited for The Last of Us Part 2. And just, on, just on... <laughs> you, are, you, you are way too excited. <laughs> I'm hyped! Uh... Okay, I'm done. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I too am hyped. I have seen the spoilers. I'm not one who really cares about it much, like... I'm going to play the game. I'm going to enjoy it. They also found out that it wasn't a disgruntled employee. It was a server hack that happened. Yes. Um, and guys, just if you're going to watch the trailer, just be cautious out there if you don't want the game spoiled. Because people are not regarding other people's choice to enjoy the game, to buy it, and so forth. Um, I can't condone people just posting spoil- spoilers. That's just... It's just disrespectful. I don't care yeah. if you think that... The, the the writers of the game are being disrespectful to you, that they, they're insulting your intelligence, whatever. Like, they they can make the game they want to make, and that's that. And at the end of the day, you've got to respect that. You can't just go out there and throw your toys out of the cart. That's just my personal opinion on the matter. And if you don't want to get the game, then just don't buy it. Like, yeah, if you like, don't be so touched, guys. No, no one's forcing you to play it. So, yeah, I echo that sentiment. I don't condone uh, spoiling of plot, major plot points specifically. Um, because in 
for me specifically spoilers can can kind of ruin a game i mean at least parts of a game mm, so no, for sure if, if you can help it try to stay away from comment sections or anything related to this game hell you, even games anything. that aren't related like even watch watch out for like ghost of tsushima footage like don't go into comment section on it's articles tweets trailers just it's yeah it's it's a bit just, of a minefield out no, there navigating no. it is a bit risky right now that you even might on the discord on on whatsapp don't don't listen to anybody say anything just just to close yourself off Stay away. Your Stay your away. <laughs> Keep your distance. Yeah. Social so, uh, distance. Yeah. Social distancing. Guys, From the gaming news. Um, and then so on to like the big news piece. Um, so Jeff Keatley Keely, tweeted. Jeff Keely. Yes, Keely. I keep saying Keatley. I don't know why. I keep seeing like a T in there. <laughs> Keely is like he tweeted last week about Summer Games Fest, which is essentially taking over from E3, which is... Because, I mean, E3... E3 has been dying a slow death over the last few years. It's kind of, like, lost its sheen as, like, industry standard. Mm. The go-to conference where we hear about all these great games, it's kind of been losing that over the years. And now with with everything happening in the world and E3 being cancelled... I mean, Jeff came along and basically <laughs> took a hold of the industry and said, you know what, we're going to give you four months of this, of of just pure gaming news. And I mean, it's all digital. It's going to, yeah, it's it's amazing. Summer Game Fest is, is coming. It starts actually from tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow is the, the first conference or, or the, mm. well, I don't know what to call it, uh, the next um slot i suppose um what, 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 what would you call it i suppose uh, let's say it's, it's an event tomorrow is the first event uh mm. which is inside yeah, xbox it's, which, it's the first look at xbox series x gameplay which is extremely exciting because we're getting into that next gen marketing plan now and we're going to see actual is, footage Oh, it's crazy. You're not just going to see specs anymore. You're going to see actual gameplay from games that are yet to be released. And possibly games that already run on the Xbox One will be shown running on the Xbox Series X. And that's amazing. I remember when the Xbox One was about to come out and it was just it was just exciting. I, yeah. And I, I, I'm feeling that, that kind of buzz again and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it. Look, it's an exciting time. And I think now, especially so... Before before I actually like complete my point, I'm gonna ask you two questions. Do you think this is the end of of E3 as we know it? Do you think that Summer Games Fest, given that it should be a, a success, will mm. become the industry standard for for sort of gaming conferences going forward? Um, and then, how excited are you for for the next four months? <laughs> like, I mean, it's a lot. It's a, ton of stuff going on look there is a lot going on and first question if this is the end of e3 i'm i'm not sure it, it could be it would make sense that it would be because it, it's cheaper for developers and it's cheaper for the, the people arranging the expo um and i'm not sure if it is the end of it i feel like once this whole pandemic thing and social distancing thing is at an end we'll be that in the next year or two years I feel like XE3 will possibly make a return. 
Um, but I feel like the the summer game fest is actually what it should be. It's it's people showcasing their games, and you can, as a journalist or even as a normal, you know, run of the mall yeah. gamer, um, you can watch from the comfort of your home, and mm. it, it's. I feel like it's gonna save devs so much more money and publishers so much more money because they don't have to book flights to Los Angeles to go and then accommodation mm. and then return flights. It's just, it's just, it makes so much more sense to, to be done this way digitally. Uh, I mean, Nintendo has made an amazing stride by doing only Nintendo Directs and it's essentially mm. a recorded video with, with voiceover over it, new game footage, and it still gets me excited every mm. one to two months we get it. So the game, the game face, some game face makes sense to me. As for your second question, um, I'm extremely excited. I'm I'm looking quite forward to seeing what they're going to have specifically tomorrow for the, the Xbox Series X. I want to see what this baby can do. But I mean, it's over four months. That's that's amazing. Like this 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 month we have Xbox Series X and we have I can't see what sunrise. it is. Is it Sunrise? Which is, yeah, he's got a surprise game reveal on May 12th. Oh, yes, is, yes, that's right. So it's so called got, Sunrise yeah. 1, which is obviously not the name of the title because yeah, it's a yeah. surprise. So, but mm-hmm. um, again, I said get Jeff Keatley. Why am I saying Jeff Keatley? It's Jeff Keatley. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, so no, Sunrise but, um, is a surprise. Um, and then next month is like Cyberpunk 2077, which is another hot title mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to. And there's EA Play as well on the same day as the, the Cyberpunk reveal. Well, not reveal, but more info. Uh, and the Steam Game, of, Steam Game Summer Festival, um, where you can yeah, like so... actually play previews of games coming to Steam. And obviously, once you've had your little enjoyment, you can wishlist them, which is crazy. And then also, July is Tenocon. Which is I'm not sure if you play Warframe. Uh, Warframe is all the updates. Quite massive. Um, so yeah, Digital Extremes will be talking about what's happening next in Warframe and what players can expect and the kind of content they'll have planned for them, which is crazy because I mean this is a free-to-play game, and sure. I mean it's been going it, yeah. for for years. Yeah, now. I mean Warframe's I, been out been since like what? Since the release of the PS4. So I think it's 2013, uh, because I know as soon as the PS4 launched, it was one of the free items yeah, you it's, could download. It's been doing well, and I mean, it still has <clears> quite <throat> strong player base, and that's yeah, very impressive for uh, a free-to-play game. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not sure what the actual numbers are. I'm sure it rises and falls all the time, even like with Warcraft did. But Warframe is kind of huge. I mean, if they have their own con going on um, for a free-to-play game, uh, doesn't have like a freemium kind of business model. It is kind of freemium, but, um, but still, you don't need to pay to win or anything. You can unlock things with a lot of effort and a lot of gameplay. But yeah, Warframe's big. I'm I'm keen to see what they have next because already it's quite a uh, quite a good game to play. No, it's like that's the thing. It's it's quite exciting. Look, the thing is, like the the, the calendar now is still very early in its stage. Like yeah. a lot more conferences will get added as it goes yeah. along. It's still being I, populated. Hmm. So, so what I really like about this format is it also gives devs time to work on their projects. You know, you don't if if you can't commit to a slot in June when E3 was, or you had an unfinished product but you still had to put something out. Yeah. You don't have to do that anymore. You can wait yeah. till August. You can give yourself two months more to actually showcase something that's really impressive with a little bit more sheen and polish. And that's really exciting because yeah. 
you you're gonna get devs who are gonna put out like the the quality of what we're going to see is I think it's going to improve significantly. Mm. Um, yeah, which is it's, going it's to more flexible, like, like you said, mm. you don't have to aim for June only. There's you have four months within that period where you can slot your conference or your display of your game. Um, and that, I mean, that we I think we spoke briefly about crunch culture last mm. episode, and that's one and, of the big dates, like, yeah, E3 like, is one of the big thing. dates. If if you watch uh, Raising Kratos, which is on YouTube, which mm. is about the making of, of God of War 2018, um. Corey Barlog actually talks about that. He talks about like the fact that they had to get a playable working demo ready for E3 2016, if I'm not mistaken, which was like a big push for them because they actually like it's like you say, it's crunch culture. They now had to like push a working model to get out there so that they could present it. I mean, they couldn't yeah. just that's, look, that's the fairness. In fairness, they could have just shown like one or two shots and we would have still like lost our minds. But the fact yeah, yeah. that they gave us gameplay as well, so that just better. adds, it, it adds yeah. so much, so much more deliciousness. <laughs> um, yeah, I no, think it's... It's, it's, it's definitely a little more flexible and I quite like that because there's no, maybe there is still crunch going on obviously look there'll always um, be crunch culture but, unfortunately but there, there's no need to aim for just one month to like you know like bring your best you have four months to do within you can do it at any point during that beginning of august end of august not just one week in june and maybe maybe journalists can't be have behind closed door like footage or gameplay sessions um but this is time you can showcase your game from the safety of your offices or whatever. Mm. Um, and that's really cool. I quite like the flexibility that they are introducing. And I, honestly, like uh, I said before, it should actually be the way forward. And I definitely think it should be the way forward. I also think the fact that it's it's scattered over four months gives means like it's four months of like a lot of news and updates mm-hmm. and things happening. It's not just one weekend, one one period of like a few days that is kind of just like it's all concentrated there. Mm. It's going to be happening consistently, which means consistently we'll be hearing more and more news as we go along throughout the year, which will keep us hyped mm. throughout the year about new gaming updates and seeing what what devs are doing and what they're putting out there, which is that's really exciting. I know that Nintendo is not on board; they're just going to stick to but it's impressive that jeff has managed to like corral all these companies like together and like just bring them together under like one umbrella and say guys this is this is how we should be doing things going forward i think that's that's very impressive yeah. like for somebody to have done that and i think it's i think it was inevitable it was just a matter of of when when it was going to happen because mm. like you said um nintendo's at uh, nintendo direct uh sony's at state of play and now it's kind of just like upping that to the next level yeah. and like kind of expanding on that as a whole so look, yeah I mean, i'm, I'm uh, quite it, keen yeah look um just one more thing i want to bring up it's it's i suppose in terms of the press conferences which Surprisingly, aren't actually a part of E3. It happens before E3. Mm. This would make sense. Uh, but E3 obviously happens for a straight week 
and it's obviously within this expo. Um, and it's something that Alana Pierce brought up in one of her, her vlogs about about events being cancelled. And I understand the press conference side of things would make sense for them to do the the like the summer game fest and and do press mm. conferences this way. Um, but the week of E3 that follows these press conferences is is I suppose something yeah that won't be happening. And I'm not that's sure the... how. Because, I mean, this is for a time for small indie developers to possibly showcase and make their big break. Or suffer, well, not suffering, but maybe freelance journalists or intern journalists. Um, this is also a time when they, they prove themselves to their publications, such as IGN or GameSpot mm. or GamesRadar, wherever it is. Um, and I feel like I feel mostly for them because this is where they would have been able to make their mark. Um, so I'm not we'll sure. To, yeah, yeah, we'll have to see how how they handle indie developers over this period. Yeah. I think that's going to be a big <clears throat> part. Um, I mean, there's room. There's always room for them mm. to showcase. It's just about giving them that space, and yeah. I hope they do. I mean, I'm always excited to see new indie developers like putting out this stuff because those are often those are the gems that I think we're all looking for. Like we love our triple A titles. We love our big developers who put out stuff and then we hate them for giving us jank. But um, <laughs> at the end of the yeah. day, it's the indie developers who I really think tend to push the bar and like keep the fire under the big developers' feet. Like They're the ones doing the interesting things, new ideas mm. and, and innovating because they have a lot more riding on their titles. So but, I'm... Yeah. We'll yeah, I don't know. How... We'll we'll have to see what happens. Um, I feel like yeah, E3 will make a return at some point, but uh, for the time being, uh, Summer Game Fest is a good alternative. We'll have to see next year. We'll we'll. This is actually like a discussion we should have potentially next year to see what happens mm. if E3 returns. Yeah, and how in maybe not like not returning, but how influential it will be, because mm. it's always been the forefront, the benchmark. But now will Summer Games <clears throat> summer, summer Games Fest take over and become that new benchmark for for this sort of thing? Yeah. That's that's I think that's the, the better way to phrase it. Yeah, that's true. Oh oh well, time will tell. Um we'll see next year, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to see. And tomorrow, yeah, so tomorrow it starts with inside, inside Xbox, Xbox Series X, yeah. And, and on that note, on that note, tomorrow is also supposed to be a little reveal, gameplay trailer reveal for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So a nice, true, little, yeah. a nice little, a nice little segue there <laughs> into into our next segment, Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla. Nice so, little yeah. cinematic trailer dropping last week. Was it last? Whoa. It was last week, yeah. That and last also Thursday? the like the the boss logic art reveal that happened over a few oh, hours. That was amazing. That was incredible. That was that was another level of reveal, and I quite liked the slow burn of it because you can see the the, the progress. Mm. Um, I mean, now there are time lapse videos on YouTube, but you can watch to see how it happened over that few hours. But that was amazing. And Assassin's Creed in like a Norse setting, I'm 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 so there for that. I'm so keen for that. Very so exciting. I haven't, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed in a in a long time, um, like it's been a while. We'll get into that when when, when we chat about our favorite Assassin's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Creed yeah. game. But um, I know fundamentally the game has changed quite a bit. What I'm interested to see is that 
they've kind of ditched the traditional assassin look with, with yeah. Ivor. He's kind of just looks like a Viking. Mm. He's just going with his like Viking garb and he doesn't look like he's being very stealthy. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm keen to see what they're doing with this. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think the last assassin that I saw that Warhood, um, why, why, was, um, was Bayek, I think, um, that was in Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, Origins, um, yeah. That was obviously based in Egypt. I think that we, was the last assassin that I saw wearing uh, the traditional assassin hood or the obligatory assassin's hood. Um, in Odyssey, I played with Cassandra, I didn't play with Alexios, um, and she didn't wear the hood at all during the time that I played. I didn't finish it. Um, so maybe she gets it later on in the game. But everyone's screenshot that I've seen, I've never seen a, she wearing a like her wearing a hood unless there's a certain outfit that people are not wearing, which is like the assassin's outfit. And and just like like Cassandra, and it seems that Ivo is not wearing a hood. So it seems that maybe they're doing away with the hood. Um, it's more a I don't know. It seems kind of silly because people are like, oh, that guy's wearing a hood. He's an assassin. Get him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe it's just, it's a little too like, like, and you know you want to keep your your aesthetic, but maybe it's becoming a little impractical at this point. Um, mm. um, and maybe they're just focusing more on like how they've shaped history against Templar agents and use of the hidden blade and pieces of Eden and things like that. And obviously, you know, wrapping in that the... around that, yeah, about around those like major story aspects. What what what? <clears throat> keen to see also is um you've played origins and odyssey like you've you've mentioned mm. uh, it's apparently like sin like syndicate was the one before origins if i'm not mistaken Correct. and there was a big jump because it's now shifted more to being it's more an like rpg, RPG. Yeah. an open world rpg <clears throat> which is which is interesting and that that excites me because in in Valhalla, you can have you have settlements, you have all of these like little elements that they they're mm-hmm. adding in. So it looks like you're not just an assassin, but you're somebody who's trying to cultivate Viking culture as like mm. through the Viking conquest. It's yeah. just you happen to be an assassin. That's like the that's in the background. It's yeah. not at the forefront of your of your character. So I'm that I think attracts me more to this game than mm. it has before. Like I say, I haven't played Assassin's Creed in a while. And it's partially because it's had this narrative and it's kind of worn stale after a while. And I was interested to see how they kind of reinvented that. And I think <clears throat> through this trailer, it's kind of piqued my interest once again because I'm, yeah. I want to see where they're going with this. Because like Vi- Vikings and Assassins, you don't quite... You don't see Vikings and stealth quite going hand in hand, so it's nah. it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic. Mm. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited for the first time in probably, Jesus, I don't know, like twelve <laughs> years, years now. Yeah, ten years that I'm actually I don't know. It's long. It's been it's long, long <laughs> since I've actually been excited for an Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, I I'm I'm just as excited if not more um because I've played pretty much every Assassin's Creed main main entry titles um since Even the Unity. first title. I've played Unity. I've reviewed Unity. Um while with, it was still, while, while it was still a shitstorm, I I reviewed Unity. Was I played it really one that bad? I, 
it, it, look, I didn't get the worst of it because my review copy arrived a few days after. The, like, you know, everyone was going nuts about the jank and the eyes popping and the, you know, textures like popping away. That was, that was, that was, really, that was, that was like, well, you saw with teeth and eyeballs. It was, it was, yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it looked bad. It looked terrible from what it I bad. saw. It, it became a meme nightmare. Um, everybody meme that came to hell. And, and it did. you know, it was just as, um, like I think remember it was the quite backlash? damaging also for the IP as well oh, as a yeah. whole. Oh yeah, it's it's almost as as damaging as as I think the facial expressions were in Mass Effect Andromeda. It was oh, kind yeah. of oh, kind okay. of a muchness in that regard. Like people were going on like, oh yeah, this this it was either facial animation or it was something about Mass Effect Andromeda that people did not like, and they fixed it. it but I don't think it was able to it was able to recover the game. So yeah, I've I've played every main entry. Um, main title, main entry in the Assassin's Creed series. Um, and I've played Origins and I've played Odyssey. Odyssey was a, was a bigger step into the RPG um, kind of aspect of things. Like Origins started it off as like cool. I like this about it, and and you know it was a nice step. And and I think Odyssey just took that and ran with it and refined anything that was wrong with with Origins and just fixed it. Um. And I feel like they can only go further up with Valhalla. Um, and also the fact that like the Vikings were, I imagine they, well, I don't know much about like Norse history or whatever, or their culture, but based on how their ships looked, their warships, mm. I feel like naval combat's going to be a big aspect regarding that and how they went oh, around to different locations and went reaving and whatever they did and pillaging. Um, that plus what looks like going to be very interesting combat in terms of Viking type axes or, or Nordish mm. axes, coupled with with possible style segments because you know there's it's Assassin's Creed. There's some yeah kind no of... no you have to you have to have your style your obligatory yeah, style. I I think it's gonna be good, um as long as the story is 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 as good as I want to say as Odyssey, but you know it, it kind of I just started running with it like halfway through, um so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be quite a good story and good gameplay to complement it. And obviously refining the gameplay from Origins to Odyssey to make it something really spectacular. I'm I'm quite keen to see like what comes out of it. Look, we'll we'll find out more tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, what the gameplay reveals. They'll <laughs> obviously want to show off like a nice chunky bit of of, of oh, yeah. information on the game. Um, mm. I mean. They really want to look. They've been restoring the Assassin's Creed name since, I'd say, since Odyssey, like not Odyssey, since uh, Origins. It's been on the up again, so I'm I'm sure they're trying to hit that apex again. Um, with with Valhalla, so I'm keen to see what happens. I saw that dual wielding axes and well weapons will be a thing, which is interesting because that's not a very stealthy type thing. Um. But I'm I'm curious to see how they how they handle it, how they handle the quests, all yeah, of that. Yeah. Because I have been I have been unplugged from Assassin's Creed for, for years. Um so it's very difficult for me to make a, a call based on that. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's gonna be quite good. I think um there was dual wielding in, in Black Flag, I might be wrong. Um but as creative director, Ashraf Ismail is attached to this project again, and he was the director for for Origins. So he kind of started this whole, this whole 
this whole reboot. thing with like yeah exactly we kind of help with the rebooting of the series and he's creative director for for Valhalla now as well but so I feel like then. yeah yeah I feel like it's a good sign because I mean I don't I don't know what what his capacity was when it came to creating Odyssey but I feel like that they kind of expanded on what he created in Origins so I feel like because he's attached to it I might have some blind faith for this man um I feel like Valhalla is gonna be pretty good and uh I feel like he's, he's done quite well thus far to cement his reputation as a good director and creative director where Assassin's Creed series is concerned oh that's interesting um well he directed uh, he directed Origins and, and Black, Flag. Black Flag. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's got a damn good track record he's with the series. He's got a good resume. Yeah. Black so, Flag was so, I mean, amazing. So I mean, <laughs> it's in good hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you were looking forward to the game and you're a big fan of the game, then I'm. I would assume that, like, this is the best possible position and the best possible person to be. Heading that, that the the game in the direction that it should be going. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that we 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 should be looking forward to something quite spectacular. Um, I feel like they're gonna show maybe a combat section, a stealth section, and maybe mm. a naval section, and uh, just to kind of condense that into one little gameplay segment. So I'm looking forward to see what they're gonna bring to the the naval segment specifically because that's one of the best aspects of um, exploring like, and traveling yeah. Assassin's Creed. Even in Odyssey, it was really good. Um, and also how how combat is going to be. And we always hear about, or we've seen at least in series, how Vikings are super aggressive. And I want to see if they're going to be able to bring that kind of aggression into the combat. Like not just waiting to counter, but like really pushing on your enemies. Being the aggressing. Yeah, yeah. Being sort of the aggressing in combat. Red Eagle, is... like really violent things. Because uh, that was intense. And I feel like it would have a, a decent place in the Assassin's Creed uh, well, at least in this Assassin's Creed game. Um, yeah, no, I, I must say, like, <clears throat> I am really, really excited to to see it. Like, yeah. it's, it's actually a game that I um, I'm interested in in getting. Mm. Like, I'm actively interested in getting uh, Valhalla because I think it, it looks different enough for me. I think I might I might dive into like Origins or. Or even mm. Odyssey at some point. But I think this is the one that's the one that I really want to sink my teeth into. It's it's really yeah, yeah. piqued my interest and I really want to like invest some time in it. Um that being yeah, said, I, yeah. What is your favorite Assassin's Creed game? There's been a, a whole lot of them. Oh man. Um this was a very tricky thing to answer. Um like I, I have fond memories of playing two, and because it was such a major step up from from the first game, but two isn't my favorite. I feel like Assassin's Creed Brotherhood was my favorite of the lot, um, which was still kind of running off, you know, how the way Assassin's Creed two played, but the combat was so refined and and navigation as well. I mean, it wasn't as long, I don't think, as Assassin's Creed two. Which mm. was a bit disappointing. Um, but getting to explore Rome in like these wide open spaces wasn't open world by any means. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. The combat was so much more enjoyable than two. It felt two felt it kind of felt kind of wooden, whereas Brotherhood stepped it up and made it a lot more fluid, a lot more enjoyable. Um 
you were still kind of waiting to counter a lot of the time, which was yeah. a big criticism for a lot of the series. Um, but you could also push on your attackers and there was timing involved with the way you should attack and things like that. Um, and yeah, Brotherhood was was good. And the story was amazing as well. And, and it, I don't know, the whole Ezio saga was good. Um, from 2 to, to Brotherhood to Revelations, um, it was an amazing adventure, and, and, and I really liked Ezio's story and the end of it. And But yeah, Brotherhood was, was a good one for me. I really enjoyed it. More and than I the, played more it than, a lot. I don't know. W- would you say you enjoyed it more than the newer games, than like Origins and Odyssey? Uh, it's, it's tough to say, because I enjoyed them immensely, Definitely. but I, I feel like... I don't know. Brotherhood just had something special about it. Odyssey is amazing. And Origins is maybe not as amazing, but, but you know, it was the building blocks for Odyssey. Mm. And it's good. I, I like going to these different places, but Italy was so rich with with these different cultural periods, like the Renaissance. And then after the Renaissance, obviously, where Brotherhood fell in. Um, I don't know. Brotherhood has a... I don't know why, but it has a special place in my heart. It was very difficult to answer. I feel like Black Flag was a close second because being like a pirate assassin was so good. It was more of a pirate game than an Assassin's Creed game, which was yeah. surprising. And, I, and um, I'm, I'm curious to But it was very, very enjoyable. That's what I was actually going to say earlier was, was like Black Flag looked like more of a pirate game mm. than an Assassin's game. And I wonder if... If Valhalla is going to be somewhat similar, yeah, like more of a Viking, Viking game, yeah, than, a, than an Assassin's game. Look, I'm on board regardless because, like, we don't have many Viking games as far as I know. I mean, we have slight touches of it in in, in God of War 2018 because it's taking place in a Norse uh, setting and we be we face the Norse gods and whatever and demigods. But this is like from the human aspect. This is going to be a very interesting period in history, and I feel like it was a very violent period in history as well. Mm. And I feel like Assassin's Creed can do it well. And if it's a Viking game, first and foremost, and then, you know, the Assassin's part is like, a, you know, a, a fair good chunk of it, but mainly a Viking game. I'm all yeah. good. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So so the thing is, you you have played every mainline Assassin's Creed game to date. Correct. I've only played four <laughs> games. The first okay. one, the second one, Brotherhood yeah. and Revelations. Haven't you played haven't you played Black Flag? I mean you've spoke about I've, it now. I've, like, you know. I've played like I've touched on it, but I can't say like I've really played it. Like I haven't yeah, gotten yeah. into it. Okay. I so I have very limited experience, and as a result, like I'm going to say that, like, Assassin's Creed Two was was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I do agree with a lot of the sentiment that you say with regards to Brotherhood, and even Revelations. Revelations was was actually fantastic. Like I thought mm-hmm. that was such a good game. Uh, but two, I don't know, two like really defined Assassin's Creed for me. Yeah. What it, what it was, I think. The first game, it kind of, it was still like this diamond in the rough, but two had like that polish that it needed. Yeah. Like you say, exploring Italy in that period was just fascinating, meeting these historical figures, even though, I mean, they, they added their own little spice of life to these these characters. Yeah, yeah. It, it made it for an interesting experience because you had this like pseudo-historical kind of throwback which which made it fun. I mean, it made it really exciting and fun. And I think 
like I had I had a lot of time like a lot of fun with with two. Like I must yeah. say, I I fell in love with it, and I think after Revelations. And then what? From what I heard from three, how disappointing three was. That put me off because yeah. I heard three was like a hella disappointing. <laughs> yeah, as they... a whole, like narratively, Oof. even like from a gameplay standpoint, it wasn't as as tight as as two. Mm. So that put me off, and then yeah. I just never got back on the wagon following yeah. that because then it was Black Flag, then it was the disaster that was Unity. And then wow. that was yeah, yeah that, that that was the nail in the coffin for me. Unity really really cemented the fact that I don't want to play it again. Yeah, I I don't know I I I enjoyed Unity for you know once it was fixed. Um, there was a I don't know there was a rich location and we don't venture mm-hmm. to France very often or, or Paris specifically in France. Um, and I felt like there was a perfect opportunity and it was just kind of squandered um and three um was like very american history which isn't particularly fascinating um but the, the narrative it... was also kind of eh like okay cool we we play yeah. as connor and i don't know i felt like hatham kenway who is obviously connor's father and edward kenway from Assassin's Creed black flag yeah. he's obviously the father of edward of hatham kenway i feel like his story would have been so much more interesting but then again you'd have to play as a as a templar the entire time. Because I don't know. I just felt like the narrative fell flat. Um, so, I quite so, liked the whole system overall in terms of combat and, mm. and you know, like navigating the the trees and whatever and hunting and whatever. But it just wasn't very compelling. Compelling, yeah. Mm. It, it lost that that sort of compelling factor. I think, like, Assassin's Creed 2 had it all, like, narratively, oh, yeah. it was very strong. Where it was, yeah. Because it, it was, like, the center point of, of, the, of that three-arc structure. Um, and a lot happened like narratively because mm. a lot was revealed. I think Ezio as sort of the protagonist, he was very charming. He's that, mm. that, that typical lovable rogue, you know, you, you like to see his growth. And I think his growth is, is important throughout the narrative because he's, yeah. he's very cocky in the beginning, but he kind of like learns to humble himself the mm. more he becomes an assassin. And yeah, I think it... that really culminates in in revelations mm, yeah definitely. Um, so so i think that's that that's what made two like really really exciting yeah my Look, little two, one has just woken up two was like i can hear him <laughs> yeah two was very good because it also focused on a long period within Ezio's life mm. from when he's like a very young lad up into the point where he's like i think in his 30s or something like that yeah um and there's even like a point where he says like he was too young and brash to realize what was like right in front mm. of him with a specific plot point um and growing with him from from that game it was a big chunk and then we see through brother and we see through revelation that whole saga was just it was so so exciting to watch and also so humbling at the same time when you get to the end of his journey in, in Revelations. Um, or not the end of his journey per se, but the end of his journey as an assassin, mm. specifically. Yeah. Just uh, an, was good. Uh, as, as an aside, just before we move on to the next uh, segment, I actually bought Assassin's Creed Rogue like not too long ago. Mm. And I'm really keen to play that just because of the, the role reversal. Yeah, so yeah. I'm actually I'm really excited to 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 sink my hands into that. Yeah. But anyways, on from that, it's that oh, time. 
one thing. Um, oh, yeah. I suppose yeah. we also now confirmed, we spoke about this last week, about Assassin's Creed Valhalla while it was still being revealed, um, is that it'll be coming to PS4 and PS5 and Xbox oh, One yes, and yes. Xbox Series X. So it's going to be on current gen and next gen. Mm, um, it's a nice cross-generation. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it's going to be running on tomorrow. If it's going to be current gen hardware, if it's going to be next gen hardware. Look, I we think we'd, we'd all like to see next gen hardware. <laughs> it'll be a nice little show off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be. If, that's if, the big if, yeah, if it is going to be that, it's going to be quite something to see, I think. Yeah, that's but, going uh, to be quite amazing. We will uh, have to wait. But now, before looking to the future let's hmm. look to the past, to the past. Our, our remakes and i think i'll kick this one off today hmm. uh, we're looking at the years 2001 One, to 2003 two, three. um whew, there were this was a challenge. way too many games that oh, i wanted to make um but and I mean, like, I don't even want to say there were like, there were there were games that stood out because like mm-hmm. a lot of games stood out, but there was a game that's very close to my heart that I really would love to see make a return, and I think it deserves a return a, a return in this generation, and that's Time Splitters Two. Time Splitters Two. Oh, that that one I wasn't expecting. Um, yeah, no, it's Time that was a good game. Time Splitters was was really something. Like I just I loved everything about it. It had this really quirky story. Mm. It had exceptional multiplayer, like yeah. second to none. Like there were game modes for days. It had a level creator for the multiplayer. It it was just incredible. Like so it was like it was just I'm gonna give you an example. We used to play a ton of multiplayer with with yeah, yeah. too, and we used to build levels. So what we do is we'd build like this massive open space, like warehouse type space with no lights. <laughs> and we'd play like flame tag and it would have all these corridors that were like interconnected mm. but all led to like dead ends. Yeah, yeah. So you play flame tag with no lights and you so you just see this this person on fire like <laughs> running around. <laughs> so you're just running in the dark, praying you don't run into a dead end and you're like oh you, next thing you just see like this flame standing in front of you and you're like oh god oh god no <laughs> and it's like like the game had like so much content. It was so yeah. content rich for its time. I don't think there are multiplayer games today that can even compare like <laughs> what they were pioneering back then. I yeah. would love to see this being remade without the, the, the pay-to-win, pay-to-play model being used. <laughs> being abused. Um, yeah. it, it's a it's a game, Absolutely. like I said, it's very dear to my heart. It had like, mm. a great array of characters. It had an awesome soundtrack. It was quirky. It was different. I think it's the kind of game that would like the kind of FPS specifically that would it would thrive in today's sort of environment. Yeah. In, in today's so kind different. of meta, essentially, yeah. Yeah, because it's so different. Everything has got this like sort of hard realism to it. It it, it needs to be broken up, and I think mm-hmm. Doom Doom Eternal and Doom did that really well. And I think it's time for Time Splitters to make a return. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, Time Splitters was 
one I was not expecting. I think I only played the first one uh, at a friend's place when he just got his PS2. Um, but we only played multiplayer. And um, I was still kind of coming to grips with using both sticks to like move and aim at the oh, same time. God. Like it was so jarring at the time. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, so good. Yeah, two that was amazing. That was, I lost count as I was to playing two multiplayer with my friends. Because we had a multi-tap as well at the time. So oh, we could nice, maximize yes. that. Yeah. And I think, given the fact that you can go online, and it, it, it was four-player multi, uh, like um, split screen, and then mm. you could add bots. So I think you could go up to like 16 people. Whoa. So like, so the maps could get like really chaotic. chaotic Actually, let yeah. me just check. Let me just check. Um, time split is two bot numbers. Let's just see. I think it's... Because, yeah, two just stood with me, and I mean, two fell in the, the in that sort of space. Mm. I can't find, like, how many bots <laughs> it had. But, yeah, and you could actually, like, determine, like, the skill level of the bots, so we used to mix mm. it up. Yeah, yeah. You can either so make it leap punishing, or you could just, like... You'd kill it easily, and you're like, oh, it's like a one-star bot, and then a five-star bot just <laughs> absolutely wrecks you, and you're like, no! <laughs> but I mean, it was like it's a it's a yeah. lot of fun, and I think that's a game like I would just love to see come back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, onto my one. Um, I I struggled mm-hmm. with this one. It was, well, it was what's up your sleeve there? What's up your sleeve? <laughs> um, yeah, it was between two games for me that at least stuck out. Uh, one was the original, <sighs> the original Tom Clancy Splinter Cell. Um, which was amazing, and we haven't received a Splinter Cell game in forever. Um, and the other I one, which that. is the one <laughs> I, I finally settled on, was was the original Max Payne, wow. which was a pioneering kind of game in in terms of you know bullet time mm-hmm. and how many times bullet time has been used over the years in a multitude of different games. And you know the story was. The story was good. It was gritty, and you play as like this rogue DEA agent, Max Payne, and you ah, maybe it's it's long enough now to talk about this. And you know, you come home and you find your family murdered, and you go no, on this like trail. That's like the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, like you go on this trail of, of both hunting down the killers of your wife and child, and you also investigating this drug called Valkyr, which seems to be affecting people or the users specifically on some. I want to say almost a superhuman level. Um, and the storytelling was so good. I mean, it wasn't, um, <laughs> it was kind of funny the way they utilized it or the way they did it. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> still, still images and, and of like a comic book or whatever, which is cool. I quite yeah. like that. But, but Max's face was just so hard to look at and like not, you just, you can't not laugh at that face. Yeah, because um, it was squashed. It was yeah, like it was squashed, squashed and he's like permanently like, you know, like, and they never change expressions, if I remember correctly. That no, was always don't. the same expression. And, you know, uh, I know that Remedy did the first game, and I don't think they have the IP anymore because Rockstar, I think, took it over from Max Payne 2 and then yeah. subsequently Max Payne 3. Um, and I highly doubt it'll happen because if Rockstar, Rockstar has the IP, I feel like they aren't in the business of doing remakes. Remasters, maybe, of, of GTA, like main mainline entries of the bread and butter but um if they could remake the first max Payne in the same way they did three and then some i feel like it would be quite a cool thing to see um bullet time is obviously seen 
so many different games right now, but mm. they did it well in Max Payne 3. I know the game didn't do particularly well, but it was amazing to play through. And those flashbacks to, to when Max is still, you know, in the States and he still has his hair and stuff like that. That was cool. I love those. If they could make that into a fully-fledged Max Payne remake, yeah, I'd pay so much money for that. I think the big thing for me would be like redoing those nightmare sequences oh God, where you yeah. don't where you don't have to run on a trail of blood, blood. <laughs> that's like two <laughs> centimeters wide and if you just shift a little to your left or right then you die like yeah that would be great i i do think like it's a it's a game that that fully deserves the re, 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 mm. remake treatment yeah um it, yeah. it actually was on my list from that period um I mean, it's iconic. Mm. Anybody yeah, who's, who's played yeah, different, like who played games during that period probably played Max Payne. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, like, like you mentioned the whole trail of blood thing. You know, falling off the map if you kind of miss the trail in Into like that. darkness. That is that is absolute bullshit. To be honest, it's a shit mechanic. But because it's a remake, they can take kind of liberties with the way they execute that. Like I've been playing Final Fantasy VII remake. And they've taken liberties or made things a lot more streamlined in the way they handled specifically Wall Market. Because Wall Market was a bit of an open-ended quest where you could actually improve your your success with Don Corneo depending on the items that you acquired during the side quest. But there were no point markers. There was no like quest markers telling you where Mm. to go. Whereas the remake does tell you where to go. And 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 I mean there's still some I wanna say like um, unpredictability to it because depending on the dialogue choices you are going for it plays out differently and Cloud wears a different dress um, um, and I feel like that could be handled a different way if they ever, if they ever, please do it do a Max Payne remake they could take liberties, remove the bloodstained trail completely or, or do it, but do it mm-hmm. in a way I mean, you can, you, in you... modern gaming the, the, the thing is, like those nightmare sequences, they can do anything with that Exactly. They can legitimately do it. doesn't have to stick to what it was back then. It was part of, I would say it's part of the narrative, but you can do anything you want to. They can re-envision the entire world of New York. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I would be keen on that. That's, it sounds exciting, you know, playing a game like, like Max Payne at the time. Um, I remember like friends would say like, the, the way they describe it was like, you know, in the Matrix when he dodges bullets, and yeah, you yeah, do yeah. that in the game. And that was like, um, bullet wow. time was just such a mind blowing thing at the time. Like in <laughs> video games, you were like, oh, what? Did it. It's amazing. You can slow down time and like you see the bullets like move past in waves. Like that was, that oh, was so just... cool. Like that was one of the biggest draw cards of Max Payne initially. And then you experience the whole game. You're like, oh my God, this is, this is a good game. It, yeah, well, it was yeah. amazing. The game was it was truly ahead of its time. Like, yeah. okay, not that. Okay, I wouldn't say ahead of its time, but it it was it was pioneering the industry. It was pushing yeah. it forward in a positive direction. And I mean, depending if you know if Rockstar decides to sell the IP back to Remedy or something, I feel like they could pull it off. I mean, if you've played Control, you'll know that they I haven't played some Control. serious stones there after creating Alan Wake and and Control. Control was also exceptional. Hmm. I've heard it's um, really I good. I feel it's, like it's they could, impressive. yeah, it's really good. And I feel like they could, they could make something. If they'd ever do a Max Payne remake, if they ever get hold of the IP again, I feel like they could do something quite special with it. 
do you think it has to be it has to be um a remedy that that redoes it I, I, I honestly think... don't think so. No, I, I feel like Rossard could do it, but I feel like the likelihood of them doing it is very, very low. Um, whereas I feel like Remedy might be open to the idea of possibly doing it. Um, I don't know why, but I get this feeling. I feel like um, I just I, I just get this, this feeling about Remedy maybe more likely to do a remake of Max Payne. It, it would be like really interesting to see if they decide to you know, shake hands and, and say, like, hey, we'll do it. You publish it and we do it. Like, yeah. we'll have to see. We don't know. That could be quite cool. But I, I feel like I feel like Rockstar does this thing where... Uh, they do everything from, in house. They yeah, do aside, everything in house. Aside from L.A. Noir, which was Team Bondi, who subsequently went under, and obviously it was published by, um, published by Rockstar. But everything else is in-house. Like mm. Max Payne 3, GTA, Red Dead. I think yeah, even Total keep... Overdose, which is a PS2 game, was all Rockstar in-house. Yeah, no, they've... I mean, I think since PS3 days, they've just been mm. like everything in-house. So it's... Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Like, we don't know. Yeah. You know they, what... They, the... they could surprise us. They could. Uh, my thing is like, new generation the possibilities are are always yeah. there oh yeah and it's yeah. always like i like as a gamer a remake is never a bad thing because mm. you can re-envision you can completely re-envision the game so you're creating a new game with an old ip and it's a whole yeah. new experience it's a whole new experience especially for a younger generation who might not have played it Mm. But at the same time, it's that it it holds that same nostalgia for like older gamers exactly. who have gone through it, and it's like it's a nice way to to relive that experience. Yeah, you attract both old and new audiences, which mm. is which is like the best case scenario. You don't want to just attract old school gamers, or you don't want to attract just a new audience. If you get a combination of them both, that's a score. That's a win. Well, in my opinion, my very arrogant opinion. Yeah, I think that that wraps it up for for the loading screen today. Uh, If you have any opinions on Summer Games Fest, uh, what else was there? Assassin's Assassin's Creed. Creed. Your favorite Assassin's Creed as well, and also a remake of a game from 2001-2003. Let us know. Um, Is there anything specific you are excited about with the the, Summer Game Fest? Let us know as well. And and with, with... Assassin's Creed, like, let us know what you what what you think of the gameplay trailer because this will be out after the gameplay trailer, so you yeah. you don't know it. But also be cautious of the comments because people are oh, going to post about yeah. the Last of Us. So yep. so just just be cautious if you see a spoiler, if you see anything that might spoil it, like just get out of there. We understand that as well. Yeah. Protect yourself. Socially distance from spoilers. Just... Socially distance from social media. That seems to be the best advice we can offer you right now when it comes to Last of Us 2 spoilers, if that's a fear for you. Yeah, if, just avoid it. But if you want to share something that you want remade, yeah, be free, feel free to like drop that uh, from 2001 to 2003. Share, tell us what your favorite games were from that period. Yeah. Yeah, just share, 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 share. I'm keen to hear what, what you guys have to say. Yeah, if we're going to have a conversation about this, this would be so much more uh, compelling for us, I think. Mm, for sure. So, I'm that Nomad Chad. And I am that... the Bloody Knight. And this is the loading screen. See you next time, and thank you so much for listening slash watching. Peace!
Cheerio. Beep, 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 beep. That's the outro music. <laughs> That's my beeping. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I am so keen for tomorrow's. Yes, yes.